Welcome to Killer Women with your host, best-selling author, Danielle Girard. The Killer Women Vodcast is pleased to be a part of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. To learn more about Danielle and her books, visit her at www.daniellegirard.com and to access all of our vodcasts, go to youtube.com forward slash authors on the air. And now, Danielle's next killer woman. Hello, and welcome to Killer Women Podcast. My guest today, Hannah Mary McKinnon, was born in the UK, grew up in Switzerland, and moved to Canada in 2010. After a successful career in recruitment, she quit the corporate world in favor of writing. While her debut, Time After Time, was a rom-com, she has transitioned to the dark side thereafter, which is 100% true from my experience with her books. Her suspense (laughs) novels include The Neighbors and bestsellers, Her Secret Son, Sister Dear, You Will Remember Me, and her newest, Never Coming Home. Hannah Mary lives in Oakville, Ontario with her husband and three sons. You can connect with her on Instagram and Facebook and visit her at her website, www.hannahmarymckinnon.com. Welcome so much, Hannah Mary. Thank you for joining me. Thank you. Such a pleasure to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Um, It's so funny to be on this side of it because you and I normally talk when you do your first chapter fun which is a pandemic uh, episodic experience where Hannah uh, Mary reads the first chapter of a bunch of books out loud and she's done a couple of mine. We'll, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that at the very end so people can check that out because that has been uh, a lifesaver um, during for the last almost two years, I think. Almost two years, yep. <laughs> almost two years. Okay, so first off, we have to talk about Never Coming Home. Hannah Mary, with your sweet, sweet face, innocent looking, you have a very twisted mind. So let's talk first about this. Tell us first a little bit about this book. What can readers expect from Never Coming Home? Okay, so Never Coming Home is the story of Lucas, who is feeling really, really rather smug because he's about to inherit a boatload of money from his missing presumed dead wife um, who disappeared a month ago. And he knows that she's never, ever, ever coming home because he organized a hitman on the dark web to uh, get rid of her. However, one evening a cryptic note and a cryptic photograph show up in his, uh, on his doorstep because somebody knows or thinks they know what he did, but he doesn't know who they are, what they know, what they don't know, or what they're going to do next. And it's so, from the beginning to the very, very last pages, it is a block off the time to just sit and read, (laughs) lock your children in front of a movie, you know, or send them out with dad, whatever it takes, or mom, this is so, such a thrilling read. So let's talk about this, because this feels a little different to me from, other books of yours I've written, I've read, I've written. Um, what was the inspiration for Lucas and this story? So the, the, I think the main difference between this book and my others, for the most part, is that it is entirely written from the antagonist's point of view, which was very new for me. I mean, I've had some evil characters, in particular in You Will Remember Me, there was one of them who was decidedly evil, 
<laughs> and not really, um, uh, she was pretty obvious. Whoops, they were pretty obvious about it, given a little bit away there. Um, so never coming home is just, the, the inspiration really came from, from watching movies actually, from watching movies where you root for the bad guy or woman. And I just thought, you know, I, I wonder what that's like to write a story exclusively from the antagonist's point of view. And can I somehow craft an antagonist who is evil, yes, but who people root for? Can I, can I do that? And honestly, then Lucas popped into my head and he was so funny. Um, I, I think he's funny. <laughs> not he's, everyone will. He, <laughs> he, I mean, certainly not all his behavior is funny, but he no. is absolutely funny. Yes. Oh, good. Yes. I'm glad you think so. So it was it was it was the desire to create a character like that uh, and, and basically to see if I could craft a story where people would would be almost cheering for the bad guy despite knowing that they really shouldn't be. That, not was, all, that was the fun Not bit. almost even for me. I mean, one of the most endearing things about Lucas is, is his care for his father. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I don't think we're giving anything away to say that his dad is um, had a stroke mm -hmm. and is in a care facility. And it is a that is a really weighs on his mind. It's his only family, living family. And um, I really I, there's something about that that protectiveness and that want to care for his dad. It's not just a it's not just a whim. He's very, very serious about uh, about caring for his dad. And that is um, that is endearing. And there's actually a lot of things about him that are endearing. So I it, that was a, that is, I think, the first book, as you say, there aren't very many. That's the first book I can think of where the uh, the entire story was written in the point of view of the villain. And like you said, he's um, <laughs> he's he is and he's not right. Um, Okay, so another part of this, and actually, I think this is true with, I, this is the third book of yours I've read, and I've enjoyed them all. I know there are more yet to discover, but I um, I read um, Sister Dear, am I getting mm -hmm. that right? Dear, yeah, Sister Dear, and You Will Remember Me. And in both of those books, as, as in this one, deception is a really huge part of what sort of unfolds in this book and not just of course the 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 bad guy is a deception but deception sort of all around so that themes emerges for me with you um and i'm just curious um is that something that you sort of consciously think about when you're and you're trying to design design a new book or is that you know how does that how does that happen for you i think that comes up um, very, very early in the process, you know, when I'm thinking about what ifs, uh, that's generally, I'll think of something with, with Never Coming Home, it was different because it was character, it was the character that came first, which yes. has not been typical for me. Generally, it's a situation. Um, so for example, with You Will Remember Me, I thought, oh, what would happen if uh, someone wakes up on a beach, they have no idea who they are or where they are, how they got there. And Right. find their way home only to discover that they'd left two years earlier and they have no idea why because they have amnesia and they have to trust the people who are telling them about themselves um, and in Sisterdy it was a similar situation where a woman finds out that her father is not her biological father just before his death and goes looking for her biological family and, and infiltrates that family without telling them they're related so it's it's almost 
automatic when I'm thinking about the what ifs, um, because we write thrillers. So for me, it's there's got to be secrets and lies and deception, yeah. uh, murder generally, maybe a couple of bodies <laughs> right. here or there. Yes, exactly. <laughs> generally, um, so it, it, it's pretty early in the process. It's 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 who's lying to whom, who is hiding yeah. what, and what are the stakes if those secrets um, come out, right. um, and how long can they keep on deceiving people and and <laughs> Who, who's going to get really badly hurt when the truth bubbles up to the surface, which inevitably it has to. Um, of course. So that's, that's where it comes from. I I, it's interesting that you mentioned that this book is different because I think a lot of um, readers and other writers, you know, especially aspiring writers ask the question, and I, I've heard this a lot too, you know, where do ideas come from? Um, and you mentioned, um, you know, the, the sort of watching movies and the idea of this villain, which was new for you, because generally, as you said, your your ideas start with this sort of a what if scenario, an extreme uh, what if scenario. So um, can you talk, I mean, I, I guess just for our, you know, people who are interested in, in how we, how our dark minds think, can you talk a little bit about sort of like, you know, was there was there anything specific about a villain's point of view? Was it was it this um, was it this villain? Was it just how can I play with the idea of, of of being in a villain? And you sort of answered that a little bit. I'm wondering maybe if there's if there's any stories you can you can point us to that you sort of used as inspiration or that got got started your mind thinking. Well, in Breaking Bad, you're you're rooting for the the villain, yes. um, and Dexter as well. Yeah. Um, so there there are two examples, and I think for me, whenever I have a, a an evil character, it doesn't matter if they're the point of view character or not. In fact, with all my characters, I need to understand, and I want the reader to understand why they are the way they are, and what has brought them, what has, what experiences have they had that have made them and shaped them into the person that they are um, beginning at chapter one. So I need, to, I need to know their backstory. And for Lucas, it was really important. You mentioned his dad. It was important to me that instead of just having a, a cartoony villain, you know, twisting his mustache and, and, and capping, <laughs> uh, I, didn't, I right. didn't want that, you know. I, right. I, I wanted somebody, somebody who, yes, he's a bad guy, towards his wife <laughs> yes. and, and yeah. if you're, but predominantly to, towards her for, for the sole purpose of inheriting all of her money. That's what, he's, mm. that's what he's after. But if you look at other aspects, he's actually a kind guy. And mm. that's what interested me as well about, about villains is that they're not just one dimensional like everybody exactly. else. Exactly. You know, everybody else, if you take somebody who's who's really, really good, I would imagine that occasionally they might not have such nice thoughts or do such nice things. Um, so I wanted to I wanted to play with that as well. Absolutely. Well, I think that's one thing I love so much about um, your books is that is that uh the multi-dimensionality of the characters right nobody is all evil or um mm -hmm. or all good and i think lucas is an outstanding example of just how gray 
um, that line can, you know, just how gray a person can be and how unclear the line is exactly to even knowing exactly what he's done, right? Um, yes. And does yes, it make exactly. a, does it make a difference to us that he didn't actually kill her? Right? Because that's great too, right? He hired somebody to kill her, which is really bad, but he didn't kill her. So there's a part of me through the book that is like, well, I mean, he didn't actually like, you know, stab her. <laughs> you <laughs> were making excuses for him. I like that. You were team Lucas. <laughs> I was, I mean, I hate to say it. I, I think I was, but, um, but that is fair. And actually, uh, I think another point you, that is that you brought up actually, I think before we started our conversation, which is really valid, is that we are hearing about Michelle through Lucas's point of view, right? Mm -hmm. So his his perspective perspective of her is not she he, is not like she was really the most lovely person in the in the world to him. So it's That's not right. you know we're we're getting everything from his you know in in that way he's an unreliable narrator, which is is another really interesting aspect. Um, so in addition to deception i also feel like your fit your um books often center around family um yes and in, in in this book you know print like for instance my favorite character of all was really nora mm -hmm. um the, who is uh, his um lucas's mother-in-law and michelle's mother um who you know is 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 ailing and um and she's sort of wonderful um but we hear that lucas's father gideon was not quite as uh not lucas's father sorry michelle's father gideon was not um not as easy a person so yes um i wondered about that you know lucas's father made some mistakes too that we learned about through the course of the book what do you think motivates lucas's loyalty to his father i think it's um the history that they have because they didn't have uh, a, a, an easy time so uh, not giving anything away here either but mm -hmm. lucas's mother and baby sister both died so that was really 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 hard for for both of them and the dad basically just falls apart yeah and lucas feels very responsible for him even as a kid to, to try and help him um because he has issues with alcohol so his dad has issues with alcohol right um and just and just grief really um and then he also feels responsible for his dad's stroke so there's that dynamic too where he wants mm -hmm. to help his dad and and make it up to him and uh and be there for him eventually once he's got his hands on his wife's right. money that's his plan right. and that's the other <laughs> thing i thought was was I don't want to say sweet, <laughs> endearing, no, um, relatable, maybe. Yeah, kind yeah. of endearing. I mean, yeah. I really thought it was kind of endearing, but yeah, I know what you're saying. He's not after the money just for him. I mean, sure, yeah, he wants the snazzy holidays and, and a nice apartment somewhere, but he's also constantly thinking about how can I help my dad? Um, he's learned about new treatments and facilities where he's planning on taking his dad to. So he's, he's not just thinking about splurging on a big yacht and, you know, jetting off into the sunset. So not that, just a big yacht, right? Not just, <laughs> actually, I don't think he ever brings up a yacht. No, he um, does. He does. He does, he does mention several apartments though, as I recall, yes, he does. not just one, but no. So. <laughs> but they're just fair. small you know? that's right fair fair enough yeah <laughs> flexibility i get it yeah um. so that it was really important to me that 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 readers understood why you know he's that way and why 
uh, and see every aspect, every part of it. Because I think the other unique, unique, the other different thing, uh, certainly in this book compared to my others, is that you know already at the beginning that Lucas is bad. That he right. makes absolutely no secret about it right at the end no. of the chapter, or even during the first chapter, you, you already know, uh-oh, this guy's, this mm -hmm. guy's bad news. Um, so that was, that was interesting. It was, it was difficult to write in the sense that I needed to be sure, hopefully, that the readers wanted to go along for the ride with the bad guy. That right. was that was the Which difficulty because we, we did we did you we did <laughs> but it is it's true it's a different risk it's a different type of book than the one that's like you read to know what is going on yes. you read to know. Well, and you do eventually because you pick up when there's an, when the you know that note appears, which is, I think, you know, a little bit into the book for the first, mm -hmm. you know, bit of the book, we are really reading to know why, why yes. did he do this, and then yes. we're reading to know wait a minute what is going on so yes. and that's messing with him. <laughs> who is messing with them and wait a minute do we you know what is yeah exactly um so that anyway i thought that was that is it's a different type of book and it, it works really well it's fun to read something that Thank isn't you. just a you know what what is happening here so um so with that okay so this beautiful book what tell us when it comes out may 24th okay so it's, it comes out may 24th it's obviously available for pre-order you should probably go get your copy right this second um and um so tell us a little bit about what is next what's coming ah. what are you working on now so i am um, i just got my edits through for the book for next year uh so for wow. 2024 yeah and that one we we have a title, Wait, but I have no idea. 2023, 20, sorry. Okay, 2023. I, like, I said 2024, <laughs> didn't I? Hold on, I'm I like, Wait, am I, am I missing a year? Yes. Okay. Okay. Uh, so you just so you don't have a title for that yet? Not a not a nothing set not in a, stone. Got it. Uh, no, but it's about a therapy exercise gone wrong. So we have mm. a character who ends up in anger management therapy. And as her um, um, part of her uh, therapy, a therapy exercise is to write a list, a forgiveness list, a list of people who she feels have wronged her in her past and she could work <laughs> to forgive, which she's absolutely not going to do ever because that's just no way. Um, I can't wait to meet her. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> she's a funny one. And so she loses the list and people on said list start getting hurt but the problem is she put her own name on that list because she her past self is sure. one of the most difficult people to forgive so now she's in trouble this is so wow it's it is set up <laughs> completely like a hannah mary mckinnon book i love that oh god that's so fantastic well this has been amazing i'm so excited for people to share um never coming home and to read um, the one you're talking about because i as soon as you said she wrote down a list of names i thought uh oh <laughs> uh oh this is trouble um so i mentioned at the very beginning of our talk about first chapter fun will you tell us a little bit about that so that people who haven't discovered it yet can find it and uh, past episodes and um and obviously your co your co-host and everything Give us that. Sure. So first chapter fun um, started on March 17th, 2020. And it's uh, a live reading of the first chapter of a different book. 
every Tuesday and Thursday at 12.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Instagram and Facebook, First Chapter Fun, the groups and the handles. And um, I run it with my co-host, Hank Philip Urian. And uh, today we've read, oh gosh, nearly 250 different books. Um, and firstchapterfun.com, you can, you can find them too. And actually on our Instagram and on the Facebook, in the Facebook group, we have all of the past episodes. So if people are bored with Netflix and Disney and everything else, there's exactly. hours and hours and hours of episodes of First Chapter Fun. So it's our way of um, giving back to the writing community, which is always so incredibly generous and a celebration of books and authors. And whoever's watching, you can hear us read Danielle's books as well. That's right. And it's actually kind of a great way to hear if you're interested in a book, potentially, it's kind of a fun way to hear the first chapter while you're, you know, in the car driving somewhere or yeah. on an airplane, you can decide whether or not you want to, you know, read the whole book. So that's um, right. That's right. Although the, really ca fun. Thank you. the caveat is, of course, we are not professional audiobook narrators. Oh. We dabble, guys, but that's all. I, after two hundred, you're you're pretty close to professional, <laughs> I would say. I thought you guys, have, I thought you guys, I think you guys do an amazing job. So, oh, um, so everybody, this is one more time. Never coming home from Hannah Mary McKinnon, coming May twenty sixth, twenty four. 24 yeah. sorry close enough. um it's coming soon and um <laughs> hannah mary thank you so much for joining me today it was so fun to have you and um we'll see everybody next time on killer women thank you daniel thank you very much everyone <laughs>